Welcome back to the Sweat and Serve podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Evan Budrovich. Like any sport, the greatest asset an athlete can have is their health. And no one serves that purpose better than our next guest. She's Kelly Floria, the athletic trainer for Campbell Women's Basketball, who begins her first season with the program. Kelly is from Wichita, Kansas. She previously worked at Marquette and UNLV, kind of flying her way all around the country. Now she's here in Bowie's Creek and excited to begin her first season working at women's college basketball. So let's dive right in and talk some shop with Kelly Florian. Okay, Kelly, first question I always have to ask. Someone from Wichita, Kansas, moving around the country, seeing different towns and different schools throughout your life. What was it like this past summer moving to Bowie's Creek and, and learning more about North Carolina? Um, I don't know. It was kind of on a whim. I wouldn't call it a whim. It was kind of a whim. Um, but obviously, yeah, I've lived West Coast, now East Coast. Um, and I kind of thought always, always always would end up on the East Coast, but I did not think it would be, thought it would be Northeast. Um, and the first time I had ever been to North Carolina was when I interviewed. <laughs> um, but it was a, a fun trip from Milwaukee down here. Um you know, I think we had to go through the Appalachian Mountains. Like, there was no way unless we went way around. So, like oh, so you drove for your interview? No, when we moved. Um, so when, we f when I flew out, it was simple. Um, but we drove down um, to start at the end of June. We had to drive through. We went to Indianapolis and then down from Indianapolis and over. Um, did it in about two days. So it was good. Um, I love North Carolina. Um, part of why I hated Milwaukee. I don't hate Milwaukee. That's harsh. But the Milwaukee winners uh, would seem, yeah, working at Marquette, it would it seem was, very cold. It was rough. Um, and people were always like, oh, but you're from Kansas. Like, oh, it still snows in Kansas. Like, it just wasn't, I had never experienced, I mean, I experienced the polar vortex that year and did not love it. Um, Since your background was working with track and cross country, how do you feel about the cross country championships the last two or three years being up in Indiana where it's cold and the guys are wearing sweaters and hoodies and it just seems difficult to compete. Yikes. Um, I don't I don't love it. Um, but obviously for those northern schools that's super easy. Um, so working with kids that function in warmer weather and then having to prepare them and having them feel like they're ready to go, like that was a certainly a different challenge that I hadn't faced. Um, you know, UNLV didn't have great, great cross country because um, they're definitely known for their sprints. So it was more so at Marquette where that would have been an issue for me. Um, and then obviously coming here and working with Kenyans, they're not used to that. And I was going to say, was so this year. this year you were part of another championship, mm -hmm. five straight for the men. The women had a good year as well. What does it take from an AT standpoint because of the, the high endurance of that sport and how much they put into it? You see them crashing at the finish line and, and things like that. Mm -hmm. What goes through a, those races, those 5Ks, those 8Ks when you're observing and, and getting your athletes ready? Um, it's just a lot of maintenance for them. Um, Kenyans specifically, they're really into most, most distance, most runners in general, very in tune with their bodies. And so what is pretty easy for weekend warriors to work through, they're like, yeah, no, I need to feel better. Um, and so it's a lot of maintenance work on my part. It's a lot of, um, kind of working with them mentally, like understand, like, I'm going to be able to help you, but I can't make you feel hundred percent all the time. Um, and just kind of getting them ready to be able to, to face whatever it is that we're going out to run in. How do you try to build that trust when you're working with 20, 25 athletes and they all come from different places and they say, hey, I'm Kelly, I'm new here, 
welcome to Campbell, and boom, we got to build that trust. Yeah, obviously I've had some pretty good practice at it, <laughs> moving all over the place. But um, I just try to find a deep connection with pretty much anyone that I work with, because um, you have to you have to be able to trust somebody who's taking care of you and and doing all those things for you. And so, just develop developing relationships as quickly as I can. Um, a lot of times, that's me kind of divulging things that I've done that may be close to something that they've experienced so that they kind of buy into that. Um, it obviously helps having worked with, um, you know, at UNLV when I started with track and field kind of out of grad school and figuring out that I wanted to work division one sports and that was where I wanted to be. You know, I had kids go to nationals um, out, of the, out of the gate there and, um, you know, working with professional athletes there and so it's easy for me to be like, oh, well, you know, I've already worked with elite athletes. And so there's already some buy-in from that standpoint because they know that, that I know what it takes to work with the elite. Um, so that made it pretty easy on the track and field side. And I just got really lucky with women's basketball because this is the first time I've worked it from the Division One standpoint. And they just all bought in and it's been really fun. I was going to say, because you have worked a lot of track events, you've worked a lot of cross-country events. When you're on the basketball sideline during a game, we see you in the corner, sitting with the team and stuff like that. What's going through your mind? Is it, oh, my gosh, I, is it that stressful where you're just worried, you know, someone can roll an ankle? Or what goes through your mind as the game happens? It really just depends. Um, I think first and foremost, I become a fan on the bench um, because I get just as excited as the team does when we do well. Um, but I think my brain kicks in during timeouts, making sure the girls are ready to go, and I'm constantly making eye, con eye contact with those that either just come out of the game or those that are still in the game, like, what do you need? Do you need me for anything? Um, and then, um, you know, outside of that, I try not to get too crazy when people do go down and try to give them, you know, time before I start panicking or I start going through the scenarios in my head of, like, what could it be before I even get out there? Um, but it just depends. Depends on how close the game is. <laughs> it depends <laughs> on how the girls look during warm-up and, you know, where I think they're at. And um, But it's been really fun. Do you have a game day routine like these players do? Uh, I buy into their game day routines, basically. So, like, Lou and I have, um, you know, a handshake that we do, and we do it at the same time during warm-up and during um, pregame every single game. Um, and just we play music in the training room, just trying to kind of keep it light. Um, but if you watch me, I probably do have some sort of a routine, but I just try to play into what the girls do. You uh, you have a fun Twitter account. We had a chance to look through yeah. it to kind of prep for this. And, <laughs> and Kelly, you, you always mention that like these girls are, are your girls, or yeah. that's that's my player. That's that's my thing. It kind of feels like yes. that sister relationship a little bit, or, yes. or the mom daughter, if you will. Yes. Where does that buy-in come from from you? Um, I don't know. I I just I, I just care a lot about people that I work with, and um, I think I think it shows in in how how the relationships are built over time and the special bond that you have. I mean, it takes a lot for 18 to 22 year olds to trust people. Um, and I think them being able to give me that makes me want to work harder for them and, um, you know, make sure that everybody's good to go. And so, uh, yeah, it's definitely a sister. I don't want to feel like I'm old enough to be a mom yet, but <laughs> especially for an 18 year old and 22 year old, but um, it, it, sometimes it does feel like that um, because it, it's just a nature of, of taking care of other people's bodies and, and them mentally and, and being a, a mom-ish figure when their parents aren't here. To pull back the curtain a little bit, we're sitting on the bus most of these trips and you and Haley kind of have this 
unspoken language that we see when she walks by you, you walk by her, there's a lot of fun jokes back and forth. Yes. Where does that bond come from and, and what's it like interacting with her? Uh, it's been really fun to get to know her over the last six months, um, seven months now. And, uh, you know, it started uh, pretty quickly. She had a back injury um, back in September and we started spending more time together in training room. I think it just kind of flowed from there and um, have a lot in common and, um, you know, it's kind of kind of developed from there but she's a great kid and she makes it easy she makes it fun to work with her and she puts a lot of time in the training room with me and works really hard and that's what keeps her out on the court obviously your role throughout the season is supervising these athletes and reporting to coaches and kind of letting them know what's going on but when you do have a second to take a deep breath and not be full diving into work what do, what do you kelly like to do for fun uh, well, I have Cooper. He's uh, a two-year-old little black mutt, <laughs> uh, and he is all the things. He keeps me very busy. He's very energetic. Um, Who's on dog duty right now? Ooh, there's a combination because track is also gone, um, and so he's at the house, and the one of the assistant uh, or the volunteer coaches, his girlfriend, she has a couple dogs, and they come over, and I all hang out. So he's being well taken care of, I'm sure. I was going to uh, say, between your dog and, and Henry, uh, Troy Solly, one of the other athletic trainers' dogs, there's a lot of open season, if you will, for so many taking dogs. care of dogs. Sean has a big King Corso. Uh, Coach Kelly has two dogs. Tyler Shoemaker has a dog. Like, we're all over the place with dogs on campus. It's fun. Um, Kelly, from your standpoint here at Campbell, you travel on the road with these kids. You're at home during games. What sports have you learned to appreciate over the years? You know, you work a lot with track and cross country and, mm -hmm. and now with basketball. What sports, when you're just in the training room, you're like, oh, man, that's such a big athletic achievement or something I didn't right. even think about when you're just interacting with all these, these you know, players. You when I tell you, when I started my career, I graduated college in 2012, and I said, I'm never – never going to work track and field <laughs> never will I ever uh, I remember saying those words distinctly um, and then I you know took a took a little step back from being a division one after grad school and tried to really figure out like where do I want to be and when I tell you track and field is the easiest way to get back to division one because there's such a high turnover because it's a burnout sport um, but what I learned while working track and field I wish I could absolutely make every single human being who is going to ever be an athletic trainer go work track and field for a semester and really like learn um, because it's set a really good foundation for me to be able to jump from sport to sport. Um, and so my deep appreciation is for track and field athletes and what they have to go through. Um, but I think it just changes based on the more I, I get to know about each sport and each coach and the differences that there are because I sit here and I'm amazed at what coach Fisher has these girls do day in and day out you know in terms of scout and all of those things like there's a different level of appreciation for that that I never would have thought like oh they just put five play on the court like, how yeah. hard is basketball like it's <laughs> fine um but it was you know just kind of going through all that and I've worked several sports but um you know, track and field probably will always be it for me from there um, because you get it's you think basketballs and I've developed really good relationships with all 13 girls, but track and field is a little bit different. There's a lot more one on one um, and, and friendships that I've you know gained over the last three years working that sport that will never be topped. Um, but baseball is my favorite, but I would never want to work it. And I have a very intricate like understanding of it. But. And I was going to say, with your baseball time, when you worked at, at Omaha, Nebraska-Omaha, mm -hmm. you got to volunteer 
with the College World Series right there. Yes. You know, the same town yes. and such a tradition of that. Where does that love for baseball come from? My dad. <laughs> My dad. He's uh, he's originally from the East Coast, grew up a big Yankee fan, um, and I didn't have a choice growing up. And um, so it's Yankees and Giants and been to both Yankee stadiums and many, many other big league um you know stadiums and it's just been really fun but I thought I wanted to work baseball out of grad school I was like oh this is what I'm going to do because everyone said the girls can't do it and got it out and then I worked summer ball one year two years I think while I was in grad school and I was to the point where I was like I could eat live breathe sleep all of this and then probably hate it or I could just not pursue it professionally and just they'll be able to go to a baseball game and not have an athletic trainer brain on like I can't go to a football game and not pay attention to all the injuries that happen <laughs> whereas if I go to a baseball game I can just have a beer and it'll be fine like don't have to worry about it um and so when I made that decision it was good it was good for me professionally to be like I just want to enjoy a sport and not eat live breathe sleep all of it all the time since you've been to a bunch of venues in in your years working and just as a fan of sports What's the one sports venue when you go kind of stands out to you or something you're like, oh, man, that's one of my favorite arenas or venues or places you've been, whether it's work or just for fun? I mean, does anything beat – if you're a Yankee fan, does anything beat Yankee Stadium, old and new? Like, I don't know. Um, I mean, I've been to Wrigley. That's, you know, just historically just a fun place to be. Um, I still need to get to Fenway, so Fenway would probably be on my list if I ever make it there. Um, But, you know, speaking basketball-wise, like, Coke Arena in Wichita – it's a pretty, oh it's a gosh. pretty fun yeah. venue. It's a pretty when you get those fans in there, and obviously we don't have a lot of that in Bowie's Creek, North Carolina, but um, Wichita's Wichita's arena is pretty pretty awesome when you when you've got and Greg Marshall, a big South guy, yes, Eastern that went through yes. way back. My in the dad day. made sure to inform me of that before I went on my interview, so that I could <laughs> tell Coach Fisher, <laughs> which is something we actually did talk about, uh, which is funny. My dad's the most prepared human being on the planet, so. Um, but yeah, I, I grew up going to Wichita State games um, before they were good, and then it was just really fun um, as they've developed over the years. Greg Marshall there, and um, I think they're ranked 21 or 23 or something like that. Had a big win against Memphis the other day, and um, it's a fun, it's fun, fun atmosphere. You mentioned the appreciation for coaches and working with staffs. I'm curious with this women's basketball staff. You have Ronnie Fisher, who is captain film room he's captain intense he's going to get the most out of him mm-hmm. but also the nicest guy in the world yes how does your relationship work with him on a, on a daily or weekly basis it's good we speak pretty much every day <laughs> um you know just giving him updates on where the girls are at and um how everybody's feeling and if we need to make any changes but knock on some wood we had a relatively easy easy season in terms of kind of managing where the girls are at um but no it's 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 good working for him um you know he like you said he's the nicest guy on the planet he's demanding on the court and what I appreciate I think the most about him is the consistency in which he demands his players to be at the same standard um and there's no lack luster from anyone we're all going to be held to the same standard and I can appreciate that when you just interact with these players in general very easy to talk to girls they seem very nice and, and friendly and comfortable what player has kind of surprised you with how much maybe they've opened up to you or maybe you've learned more about them over this six, seven-month process? Surprised me? Um, I think, honestly, all of them have, like, little quirks that, like, you know, I was showing you a, a message that I received from Meek a little bit earlier today, and she's, like, the quiet, funny one that you would never know is funny until you kind of get to be able to know her, and she opens up a little bit, and... 
um, you know, but just honestly, because I'm the newer one, I'm basically like a freshman in everybody else's, you know, mind because they all have their inside jokes and fun stuff. And so it's been fun to just kind of see them all open up individually at different times in different ways with whatever is going on. I want to talk about one game from this year because you were probably the busiest person on the court. Uh, the game at Asheville this year, it was a physical game. There yeah. was some bump. There were some bruises. Unfortunately, both Shy and Haley had to come out for a little bit of the game, and mm -hmm. you were running around without going too much into the detail. I mean, what happens when you have a player like Shy who has to be helped off the court, and then you, mm -hmm. you're, t you're keeping an eye on her ankle, and then she's yeah. back on the bench? How does that process all unfold for you as, a, as an athletic trainer? Each and every one is different. Um, the one thing that I try to do, and this may just be me, I don't know, um, is my first prerogative is getting out there to, to try and get them to calm down. Whether it's the worst injury I've ever seen or the most ridiculous hangnail you've ever had, my goal is to get them to calm down. Um, and for me, that's usually trying to make them laugh. Um, so, you know, I ran out to Shy and she was visibly upset and I looked at her and I said, Shy, look at me. And then I said, Shy, look at your foot. It's facing the right direction and it's still attached. We're good. <laughs> um, you know, so it's just little things like that where it gets them to just stop for a second to stop focusing on what's going on. And then, all right, now let me get into my evaluation. Like my biggest goal is like, all right, can we move? Can we get you up off the court? Can we get the game back going? And then kind of divulge from there, um, which is easier, obviously, because you can get them off the court pretty quick. Um, but, you know, Shy was – she ended up being fine as soon as we got her back to locker room. And, you know, a lot of times I think it's just you get scared because you don't know what it is and, and you don't know anything until you can get a shoe off. And, you know, again, it's just kind of working on that mental side with them. Like, hey, it's going to be okay. No matter what it is, it's going to be okay. Um, you know, Haley was the same way. I think I got her to crack a smile and um, – you know, Fisher was standing right there, too, and she smiled, and then I said, okay, can we get off the court? I said, would you like to roly-poly all the way off the court? Because she was down at the end, and she just smiled, and, um, you know, she ended up being okay. But, yeah, it, it, you get you get a little nervous when, when things like that happen because the last thing I want to do is have to work. Um, I like to be a fan on the sideline and, and just yell and scream and holler, and um, I don't enjoy having to run out there. So if we can both laugh, then we're in a good, we're in a good place. Well, Kelly, thank you for the time. I don't know what you did with Shy, but she scored 20 the game after her ankle got a little mishapped. And we like to call it magic. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you don't keep stats of like, oh, I treated this player, she scored 10 points. I you know, know right? I worked with this girl's ankle, <laughs> she scored 15. But thanks we'll for the time, see. Kelly. Yeah, absolutely.